Hi, I'm Mark Solomon, co-host of IAFCI Presents The Protectors Podcast. When we prepare for our upcoming podcast, our production team at Modified Media thinks of everything when it comes to having an incredible show. Even while we prep, we are recording to make sure we don't miss a thing. Sometimes, just having a conversation about fraud can turn into something special. Take a behind-the-scene look as Mike and Mark sit down and chat with producer Doug Taylor as they prep to talk about summertime frauds. Sometimes, even when you prep, special things happen. We hope you enjoy this special unrehearsed episode where we reached out to various people on Facebook to hear their fraud advice. We encourage all of you to sit down and have these types of conversations with friends, family, and loved ones. Introducing The Protectors, inside criminal minds from around the world. Presented by the IAFCI, leaders in safeguarding consumers from fraud and scams for more than 50 years. And now your hosts, International President Mark Solomon and Chairman of the Board Michael Carroll. All right, Mike, you know what I'm really excited about? It's June and it is summertime. And for me, that means beaches, boats, and barbecues in the backyard and all the bees. So looking forward to this uh, episode. We're going to talk a little bit about scams and frauds that happen during the summertime. So just because we're on vacation or enjoying our time doesn't mean the fraudsters aren't out there trying to scam us into taking our money or our personal information. Hey, Mark, talking about all the summer scams, I think it's going to be a really good show. I'm looking forward to... uh you know, getting it out to our listeners. Uh, you know, let's bring in Doug too, our producer. He's uh, he's pretty well versed in a lot of scams that are going on out there too. Doug, how you doing? Mike, I'm doing great. Thank you, pal. Uh, Mark, fantastic introduction. Uh, great job, guys, getting this plane off the ground. Uh, Chris, we're going to keep that. Let's uh, print that at about five thirty-eight. Okay, uh, we've got air, car, train, fun summer activities, uh, maybe some general and international. I'm not sure we're going to have time to get to all of them. But let's go to air travel. Mark, let's start off with you. Let's go to luggage. Let's go to luggage in particular. Let's start there. Mark, what do you have for uh, air travel and luggage? Yeah, you know, you go to the airport, usually with other people or family members, and you, you know, you're putting things down, you're picking things up. You know, one of the things is keeping an eye on your luggage, because one of the things they love to do is a little distraction. Maybe they drop a dollar bill on the floor in a different direction, and they say, hey, I think you dropped that. And while you're doing that, they're grabbing your backpack or your small suitcase or carry-on yeah. and, and or purse. And that's, you know, something you got to worry about. So you're saying distraction is one of the first one, just somehow them distracting you. Yeah. You know, like I said, it's usually done by one or two people uh, when it comes to distraction larcenies is they're going to bring your focus away from your personal property and engage you while the other person is grabbing your bag. You know, so those are one of the main things to look out for. Just keep an eye on your luggage, keep it close to you and uh, don't leave it unattended. Yeah, Mark, on the other end, there are, you know, fraudsters out there or criminals out there, just a target of opportunity. So you got to keep an eye on your luggage at all time. You can't leave it unattended. You can't get off the plane and go get something to eat and go to your, you know, get the luggage carousel and pick up your luggage a half hour later. You got to get there right away because there is a target of opportunity with somebody, if it's left alone, somebody might just grab it and walk out. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times when I travel, I keep my uh, luggage locked, you know, so nobody could get in there if you step away or something like that. Uh, again, target of opportunity. You got to make sure you're watching the luggage at all time. Yeah. Mark, let's talk about the booster bag method. Um, that's the one we use the large bag, stick it over the small bag. For some reason, it doesn't seem to be as prevalent today, but boy, oh boy, it was a big deal about a decade ago, and they were using that a lot. Is that still happening today? Yeah, that's the original gangster when it came to fraudsters using the booster bags. And yeah, yeah, we see it at retail stores still, you know, uh, putting items, but it can happen at the airport too. You know, you got a purse or something like that, you leave your eyes off it for just a second. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, somebody takes it, throws it right into the booster bag. So you turn around, your purse is gone, but you don't see that person holding it because it's inside the booster bag. So, yeah. you know, Doug, one of the other crimes, I, 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 scams I find out and it was traveling at the airport is what's up with this assigned seating stuff? 
Like, you can't even get a seat assignment now unless you pay an upgrade. I yeah. mean, to me, yeah, that's, that's a crazy. scam. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm tired of it. No, I don't disagree. <laughs> it's crazy. I just got back from Vegas, and it was the same thing. I mean, they're nicking you up at every level. You want two inches of leg room, another $35. You want this, another $10. You want to get in early? You want to check? What, what is it? The uh, Not the pre-check, but that's TSA pre-check. That's a whole nother thing. But even you had to pay up if you wanted to get onto the plane earlier. You could pay up and do that. It's, it's insanity what's happening. Hey, Mike. Noth- Mike nothing's free anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> but you know, a good preventive thing when we're talking about, you know, keeping an eye on your luggage, maybe put something identifiable on your luggage, like a unique tag, ribbon, or something like that, so nobody would take your luggage, right? So I put a little tag on there. It says underwear inside. So never have anybody ever touch my luggage. I just want to let you know that might be a good tip. If you put on the tag underwear or, inside. Or, Mike, you could just use like a bow or a specialized tag. You don't have to put anything about underwear in there, but... I've heard that some of these fraudsters will buy, because most of the luggage is black, right? And then the same type bag. So they'll bring their own bag that kind of matches most of the bags that are on the carousel. So having a ribbon or some other unique, identifiable something on the luggage to know it's yours, they might not switch with that one. Well, you know, the tag really is, is for you. It's so, when you're looking for your bag and you see somebody grab a bag that looks just like yours, that tag says, wait a minute, you know, that guy's grabbing my my suitcase, you know? So it's really, really to help you identify that bag and make sure somebody else ain't walking off with it, you know? Like Mike, Mike has a suitcase that's around 40 years old. He has duct tape all over because of the holes, the zipper doesn't work, (laughs) you know? You know, and like I said, you meet immediately recognizes when it comes off the conveyor belt and the thing falls apart and all the yeah. clothes come out. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's, that's what, that's what you're doing it for. So. Mike, uh, do you want to jump over to uh, just maintaining awareness of belongings, you know, not falling for the distractions. What about using air tags? How about using air tags in both your carry on bag as well as check bags? I would like that to have an air tag to put in my luggage. You know, even for the fact if, you know, you get off the plane, you go down the carousel, your luggage is not there, you could track the air tag. But uh, for investigative purposes, I would like that too. If I'm missing my luggage and they don't have it, you know, trying to re- recover it, you know, especially if you got something of value that you're taking with you all the time in your luggage, yeah, you might want to do that. Yeah. Mike, you actually can yeah. track that in real time. You can see where it's moving street by street, uh, area by area of the of the airport. I mean, it's that accurate. I mean, those air tags are like it's you'll use the Find My app, you know, in the uh for I'm speaking about Apple, of course, but uh, you know, I think it's the Find My app and you'll be able to track that bag or whatever you have that, you know, attached to anywhere it's moving. You'll see it real time. You wouldn't have you wouldn't even have to wait. I know it's being used nowadays, you know, with the increase in carjackings. And, you know, unfortunately, I know a lot of car owners are putting the ear tag in their their vehicle. Yeah, Mike, that's right. I mean, pretty much anywhere you can put a key fob, attach a key fob or uh, stick in a pocket somewhere, a zippered pocket under a seat anywhere. Uh, they're helpful. I mean, they're really, really helpful. Hey, Mark, I want to jump over to Wi-Fi scams. You know, when you get into the terminal, uh, a lot of times you'll see these, you know, small kiosks where you can charge your phone, you can get access to Wi-Fi, things like that. On the plane is one aspect. Let's talk about the terminal though. Yeah, you know, and, and Wi-Fi is great. We love it for its convenience no matter where you go. And, you know, everybody gets excited. You know, you have a couple hours to wait before your plane takes off. So you you connect to the Wi-Fi. You have to be careful here because the wireless Wi-Fi networks, you know, are not that secure. They're not as secure as a virtual private network, a hotspot on your phone and stuff like that. And what fraudsters will do, they'll actually create a Wi-Fi network naming it something similar to the airport or using the initials of the airport. Mm -hmm. And then people start connecting to it. And now you're connecting your device to their Wi-Fi connection, which makes that uh, information trackable and hackable. So they could get in and see what you're typing, what you're sending, what you're receiving. So again, you know, I I would recommend, you know, the the best case scenario is having a a VPN connection, Mm -hmm. using your hotspot. And then, you know, if not, you got to make sure you're on the proper Wi-Fi connection for 
the airport, but I wouldn't be sending personal identifying information over your phone. I wouldn't be sending legal documents or anything personal or important or logging into your bank account. Do all that before you get to the airport. Take Mm -hmm. care of that. If you want to watch a movie, want to do some searching or doing some social media, you know, that's going to be all right if you're using the airport uh, Wi-Fi. Well, Mark, how would you know? How would the person know? I mean, if you look at most, if you actually look at any dropdown for Wi-Fi networks, they're all named very crazy names. Nothing is like, you know, uh, McCarran International Airport, or now it's called Harry Reid Airport, but they're not typically named. Maybe they are, but most people, when they see Wi-Fi and, and their drop downs, the names are all crazy. It's underscore this and that, you know, guest network, this yep. and that. But how would the person be able to be assured that the network that they were on wasn't a fraudulent network? Well, you know, one of the things I do is I go up to the help desk or a customer service there at the airport. They got them throughout the airport and just ask them what the Wi-Fi connection is. Yeah, that's great. The airport. A lot of the airports also will put it on their website, uh, let you know what the Wi-Fi connection is. But the fraudsters are going to create something that looks like that legitimate. Just like you said, you would never log on to a crazy name or a whole bunch of symbols, uh, you know, showing a Wi-Fi because you know it's it's not a public Wi-Fi. It's not the free Wi-Fi. So the fraudsters are going to make it look almost identical to the real Wi-Fi connection for the airport. And let's not forget, this is not only at the airport, but at the hotels. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Connecting to hotel Wi-Fi in the lobby, in your room. Find out from the desk what is the proper connection Wi-Fi. And, you know, um, you're going to be a lot safer than just looking at one and say, oh, it says Marriott123 uh, or free. And I log on to it. You think you're on the Marriott Wi-Fi and you're not. You're on a fraudster's uh, Wi-Fi is collecting information from your devices. Hey, Mark, what you're saying about Wi-Fi, the other thing I noticed at the airport, too, you're talking about being aware with your cell phone. There's so many phone chargers around. You know, there's tables where you could sit and charge your phone. So just like your luggage, keep an eye on it. Watch out for that distraction. Or might, somebody might cause some type of distraction. And then when you, when you move over to see what's going on, somebody's going to grab your phone and, and take off. So that's another thing to be aware of mm-hmm. uh, if you have a cell phone and you're getting yep. a charge at the airport. Yeah. Yeah, anything anything that has value, you know, keep a close eye on it while you're there. You know, there's a lot of movement, a lot of people back and forth. Uh, they could be very crowded areas. So, like I said, it's a great opportunity for a thief to come in and swipe something from you. Right. Mark, let's talk a little bit about ticket frauds, uh, you know, including non-existent tickets or reselling tickets multiple times. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, there, there's several different ones. I mean, one is, uh, you know, you get a call or a text message or email saying that, you know, you want a trip and all expenses paid and, you know, we just need a credit card in order to book your flight. And then what they wind up doing is stealing that information and then actually using it to purchase a legitimate ticket, your card, for somebody else. And then they offer somebody a uh, a discount on these tickets, who thinks it's legitimate, mm. and they wind up giving the information. You know, one of the other things, too, is websites. You know, make sure you're on a trusted website if you're booking your hotels, your flights. You know, either go to the carrier or to, you know, Expedia or uh, Hotel.com, all these, you know, legitimate websites, because the fraudsters will send you text messages. They'll, they'll send you emails. You'll get pop-ups on your computer for incredible prices, mm. half the price of what the regular flight is going for, and all they're doing is fishing to get your card information. You know, Mark, on that, isn't it a common theme? If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. No matter what, with all these scams and frauds, I think these these scam uh, artists and these fraudsters know that. They, they dangle that carrot, and some people, they just take the bait. I mean, for whatever reason... Uh, they think that they're going to get a ticket that's you know eighty five bucks and that's going to take yeah. them from Philly to LAX and sometimes the cheapest isn't the best you know right. and and uh, you know the other thing too is like you said uh, if it sounds too good to be true then it probably is and you know I learned that through marriage but. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't say. Did I say that? <laughs> make sure, talk, make sure we cut that out because no, my that's wife. Funny. No, I will get actually, that. That's actually what my wife says about me. So, but anyway, uh, but yeah, if it's that, that's the general rule. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Doug and Mark, you know, just what we were talking about air travel. I'm still thinking about you know guarding your luggage and. Uh, you know, came up with some notes here, uh, what we talked about, and we could put this in the show notes also, you know, for, for our listeners. But, uh, 
you know, regarding luggage, you got to keep your belongings in sight at all times. You got to be careful. You know, not only are, are organized rings out there trying to steal your luggage, but there's target of opportunity. Somebody sees your luggage laying there, nobody around, they're going to take it. Uh, use lockable hard case luggage, which is good. Secure your luggage, especially if you got things of, of importance that are in your luggage. You know, secure it with a TSA-approved lock. Avoid displaying expensive items. Uh, I'm taking to think that that's something that you might have on you, thinking that if you got something expensive on you, it's going to be in your luggage. In fact, don't even put the valuables in your check luggage. You know, keep it on your person. Uh, be wary of distractions and helpful strangers. You know, everybody, you know, there's a lot of great people out there, kind people that want to help you, but you got to be careful. And, and uh, collect your luggage as soon as possible. Right when you get off the plane, don't go get something to eat or get grab a drink or a beer. Just go right to the carousel and get your luggage. And I like what we talked about, using like a tracking device or, or an air tag to put in your luggage just in case something happens, whether it gets lost or stolen, it might be a good tool to get your luggage back. What do you think of Mark? That's not a bad Doug. idea to put, if you got young kids, uh, put an air tag on your kids so if they wander around, you, you could find them quickly. <laughs> I'm sure so. people do that. <laughs> like yeah, I'm sure they well, do. Just a thought. <laughs> And then finally, you know, watch when you connect your devices to Wi-Fi, ensure it's the proper Wi-Fi for the airport. Uh, but again, having a virtual private network or a hotspot on your phone is probably a safer situation. And, and avoid doing any type of emails or communications that involve banking transactions or personal identifying information uh, or, you know, if they're, uh, you know, important documents for work. You know, leave that for when you're home or at the office. You're on vacation. So take your time off. Enjoy. You know, just stay away from uh, sending sensitive data through uh, other people's Wi-Fi networks. Mark, I especially like what you said about going to the information desk and asking them for the Wi-Fi network. That's really, really... I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know if I've ever gone to one of those information desks. Yeah. And they're going to know that answer right off the bat. They probably get asked it 20, 30 times a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody who's uh, looking at Wi-Fi to see so many connections, some of them have similar names. They get that question a lot. Go up and ask them. They're going to know the right answer. You know, I like to talk a little bit more, too. I mean, about uh, going on vacation, taking your car, car travel scams. But just to go back to what you were saying, Mark and Doug, you know, it just seems like you just need to be alert and know your surroundings when you when you're flying, you know. And I, I think that's going to be the same for car travel scams. Same thing. You got to be alert, know your surroundings, know who you're dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, listen, you're having fun. You're, you know, this is vacation. We don't want you to walk around paranoid and thinking. We don't want you thinking everybody's uh, out to steal or or scam you and stuff like that. So just be aware. Enjoy your time, but keep an eye on your personal belongings and any suspicious activity. Hey, I'm just curious. I got to ask both of you: Are you either of you signed up for like one of these roadside assistant programs? Because I kind of be worried about that if my car broke down. You know, trying to find somebody out in the middle of nowhere to provide assistance. Do you guys have a program like that? Yeah, Mike, I I, I do have roadside assistance, and a okay. lot of I'm just thinking, lot. I don't. Yeah, well, you know, but you probably do with through your own insurance company. So a lot of insurance companies will offer roadside assistance, and even if you're using a rental car, so if it's not your own car, so, um, you know, but there's AAA, there's other, you know, uh, OnStar, you know, some of the you know, vehicles might have, you know, just what I would recommend is if your car breaks down, you call the rental place, let them know they probably have a, a service already set up or somebody from the company or a third party that is contracted with them will come out and provide assistance, you know, but be wary of some complete stranger showing up and, you know, and stuff like that. They should be in a, a truck that's marked and have identification on them. So you just want to make sure you're dealing with the right people. You know, Mike, I know that you're a boater and, and I am as well. Mark, you boat as well. Um, how about uh, Boat US? I mean, they, they've got coverage when you're towing the boat and you're bringing the boat to a location. Yep. Yeah, I'm talking about boating. I'm, you know, I'm new at it. They got a class on how to back it into the water. I could use that. <laughs> and anybody oh, and everybody could use that, Mike. <laughs> That's one yeah, of the hardest man. things. Nothing more ner nerve-wracking when you're trying to park your boat, which is around 20 years old, and the person next to you in the slip has a $100,000 brand-new boat, yeah, and you're, yeah. you're afraid you're, afraid <laughs> you're going to hit it. You know? <laughs> no, I'll say, what are the two, two happiest days? Yeah, right? The day you get your boat and the day you sell your boat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Guys, I wanted to bring up another topic, you know, um, motor vehicle accidents. And, you know, when you're on vacation, you're looking at sites, you're looking around, you haven't been there before, keep an eye on the road because there's some fraudsters out there. What they'll do is they'll actually cause a staged accident, you mm -hmm. know, well, they'll actually cut you off or swerve and you wind up, you know, keeping your eyes on that car that almost hit you. And then a second car that's connected to that first car is in front of you and they slam on the brakes at the same time. And now all of a sudden you hit the back of their car. They're all complaining of neck and back injuries. So these are things that, you know, there are fraudsters that work in teams like that. So when you're driving, focus on driving. You know, pull the car over. If you want to sightsee and look at stuff, that's the time to really let the eye wander a little bit. But uh, while you're driving, keep your eyes on the road and, and be safe. You know, there's fraudsters out there that make millions of dollars a year on, uh, you know, fake uh, accidents or collaborative accidents uh, with uh, multiple cars and they target you. Yeah, Mark, and if I may add that I don't think this is just a summer travel fraud or scam. I think this is something that can happen any time of the year, no matter what time of year it is, uh, in any place, really. Yeah, you know, you mentioned those that are involved in this type of uh, staged accidents probably been arrested before in the past, so now I'm thinking that uh, if something like that happens, make sure you get not only get a picture of your car or their car, but see if you get a picture of them for facial recognition. Mm -hmm. Tell them that, too. Yeah. And you guys, you know what's another great tip is, you know, listen, a lot of rental companies are very legitimate and, and everything. But one thing I always do to protect myself is when I rent a car, before I take off with that car, I actually take my phone, I take a quick video, or 360 around the car, yep. mm -hmm. just to show there's not any damages. And then yeah. when I return it, do the same thing. Yep. You know, most of the major companies are, you know, uh, they're not going to question you, but there are some, uh, probably some shady companies that offer you big deals and they try and make more money on you saying that you damaged a car, or put in an insurance claim through your insurance company. So, like I said, you keep that video until everything, you know, a couple of weeks and you could delete it. It's off your phone. You don't need it. But, you know, I always do that and recommend people do that before you leave and, and after you drop the car off. Kind of related to what Mark is saying, you know, you do a ride share, you get, you know, call for assistance for a ride home. Make sure if you had a few too many to drink when you get to your residence, uh, if you get a Remember to take a quick picture because some of them try to scam you and say that you threw up in the back seat and, you know, the next day and they're going to bill you for that. So it's something to be aware of. Mike, that wasn't a, that wasn't a scam. You actually had drank too much that night. And <laughs> so, you know, you, you just didn't want to clean up the car. I know. No. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that brings up another great point is. You know, if we use a rideshare, Uber, you know, uh, multiple companies out there, take a picture of the license plate before you get in the car. Yeah. You know, that's a good safety. God forbid something does happen, you know, that, that information is stored on your phone and in the cloud, most likely. So, you know, um, it's not a bad idea. And it also lets know the driver that, hey, I'm paying attention and I know what I'm doing when I get into, you know, another person's car, you know. Hey, let me ask you, Mark and Doug, what about, like, hidden charges when you rent a car? It seems like they're always trying to put unnecessary fees onto the rental of the vehicle, especially the insurance part of it. If you got full coverage, why would you need any other type of insurance when you're renting a car? Can you explain that? I get frustrated on that one. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of companies will push you to take their insurance or pay for that extra insurance. You know, if you have motor vehicle insurance, you know your own policy and, and also going to know what it's going to cover for if, you God forbid, you get in an accident or is damaged to the car. So the one scam, I, I guess you can't call it a scam, is please make sure you fill the gas tank oh, up before <laughs> you get to the airport because they charge you like $8 a gallon. I know. You know? Yeah, they can wacky good so, on that. You know, Mark, what about international travel? That's and that may be a little bit different. Um, you know, obviously your insurance from the United States is probably not going to carry over. I know we're going to do a segment on international travel coming up, so why don't we table that till that segment? But uh, let's come back on that because right. that may be something that people might not be too sure what to do. Uh, one of my favorites is pre-trip maintenance uh, on the vehicle itself. I will go out. I will check that the lug nuts are locked down. Uh, I'll go around the car, check the tires. Uh, I, I just want to make sure that that vehicle is in good operating condition. I want to make sure there's nothing that's obvious to me that's out of whack. And uh, it starts really with the tires and the condition of the tires. Any other uh, thoughts on that, Mark, Mike? 
No, I kind of agree with what you're saying. You know, make sure even take it to a, a local mechanic that you know pretty good that, hey, can you just check it, do a one check over on the vehicle? We're going to go on a long trip. And, uh, you know, you, you feel a lot better having that done. No doubt about it. You don't want to be broken down with the whole family in the car on a, on a major thoroughfare, a major uh, highway system and, and be in the right. middle of nowhere, broken down on the side of the road. That's just, that's going to be an unsettling feeling to say the least. Yeah, Absolutely. Mark, what about train travel? Pretty much the same. I think the, the same goes for what we've been talking about for air and car. Train is probably the same. But a, lot, a lot of people talk about in train stations, pickpocketing and things like that. Isn't that, in your, your experience, really something that happens more prevalently overseas, over in Europe, as opposed to here? Uh, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it, it is. But, you know, there are pickpocketers here in the United States, too. So, you know, no matter what country you're in, you have to be careful. And when you're on a train, whether it's a subway or a regular train and you're traveling, people are sitting close together. You know, the train is moving and shaking or the subway. Uh, or if you're standing on a subway, it's so easy for somebody to, to do a quick pickpocket, grab your wallet or, or reach into your purse and grab something, you know, and and then the closeness, you know, especially on the subways, whether it's here or other countries, like I said, because everybody's so close, it's very easy for these fraudsters. They're really good at it. You're not going to feel anything. And, and next thing you know, your wallet or something out of your purse is gone. So yeah. definitely, you know, be vigilant in those areas. It's just like going to the airport. You want to keep an eye on your luggage, your, your property, secure it. You know, make sure you're uh, if you're traveling overnight in a train that your door is secured. You know, so somebody can't come in there in the middle of the night and take something uh, out of your room. So th those are pretty much similar, different different ways of travel. But I think your attention should be the same, whether you're in the airport, you're on an airplane, or you're traveling on a train. Yeah, I think that's the theme across the board. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned uh, pickpocketing. These pickpocketers, they, they're professionals. Like you know, we mentioned before uh, at the airport, they done it hundreds of times before, and it's not most of the times they're not alone. Uh, it's a crew. One's going to distract you. The other one's going to reach in your purse or the back pocket and take what they need without even noticing it. So traveling, try to keep as the least amount of valuables on you as far as credit cards and cash and things like that. Yeah, Mike, those are great points. In preparing for this episode, guys, I actually put something on Facebook and I wanted ordinary people, everyday people to reply and to see what they would do. Uh, Jules Falcone writes, put cash and cards in a fanny pack and wear it over your shoulder and under a tuck shirt. Now that's, that's pretty aggressive, but I like the idea of a fanny pack over the shoulder. I guess, you know, we see a lot of people wearing those bags in the front, you know, they're, they're zippers and they're in the front of you, uh, as opposed to something that's behind you, like a backpack would be. So that's what Jules Falcone said. Craig Canner said, men wear the money belt, uh, the secret the secret money that is hidden under your underwear for cash only. I mean, I'm not sure. I think he means like the Duke. Um, I'm not going with <laughs> no, that. No, no. I think, I think yeah. he means, <laughs> I think that's like Mike. Right. That's I don't want to be pulling luggage. a $20 bill out of my uh, underwear, you know, to get, <laughs> I think he means like the Duke, like Jonathan Marduke is from the, from midnight run. That's what I think he's talking about. Like a okay. true money all belt. Right, yeah. Right. I'm not sure where the cash yeah. and the underwear got to, but that's what he said. Uh, Becca Glasner said, uh, while traveling abroad, uh, you can register your trip for smart travel. That's international travel. We'll come back to that. And uh, there's a bunch more here. We'll come back to uh, some of these, uh, what some of these folks have written down. Uh, Mark, where do you want to take it next? You want to go over to um, general travel fraud and safety? We've covered some of that stuff. Do you want to go there? Or do you want to go to... Uh, Fun activities, summer activities. Uh, you know, I'm really, you know, it's summertime. I want to get to the beach. I want to get to the barbecues and concerts, uh, music concerts. So uh, amusement parks are, you know, huge in the summertime. So yeah. uh, I... I think we I think we gave some good information out to those traveling and what to do while you're traveling. So how about uh, but, concert you know, tickets, there, Mark? Stuff. Mark, talk about concert tickets and then people reselling fraudulent tickets at these events. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you got to go to trusted websites to purchase your tickets. Uh, you know, whether it's Ticketmaster or uh, StubHub, you know, or buy directly from the location where the concert is. You know, you just don't want to start all of a sudden. You know the 
concert sold out. You really want to go to it, and you can't find it anywhere. You know, all of a sudden you get a text, you get a, a email or something, or you go on a nefarious website that's offering them for incredible prices. You know, and, and that's where you're going to wind up losing your money, and you're not going to get a ticket to to the venue. You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go through those trusted ways of doing it. You know, like I said, and and that's the safest bet to do. Make sure you're, you're if you're on a a known website that has a lot of history, that it has secure checkout, HTTPS on the website should be the first start of the email address for the website. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that, they, or what we call the URL, mm-hmm. and you just want to make sure you're doing a safe transaction. Yeah, buying tickets out in front of a, a sporting event or a concert I don't know if you could tell the difference between a counterfeit and a legitimate ticket right now with all yeah. the yeah. technology out there, laser Absolutely. printing and all that. So I, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even take that chance. Yeah, I would agree, Mike. Going back to Facebook, uh, Marky D writes in, first, don't start posting vacation plans by date on social media. Hold off on photos until after you get back despite temptation. It's easy to Google your address Great and advice. rob your home while you're posting the gecko photos. Ha ha. Uh, keep your cash to a minimum. Keep your jewelry minimum too. Trust none of the locals, he writes. Uh, out of the country, cops are, <laughs> cops, uh, are uh, challenging at best, uh, particularly in the Caribbean. Uh, they are poorly paid, expect bribes, and are often related to the criminals. That's interesting. That's There's, yeah, there. You know, I don't want to get into names and countries, but, you know, you see it on the news all the time that, you know, sometimes the people there that are supposed to be helping you are are working with the criminals. So you just really, when you're traveling overseas and you're in a country where there's a lot of problems, that's where you really need to, even before you go, you you need to look at some of the alert travels, Doug. I know we talked about it earlier. Yes. But, um, you know, making sure, you know, what uh, potential dangers or problems, whether it could be kidnapping, something as serious as that, or it could be, you know, there's a a serious illness at the time. So know what you're getting into before you get there. Once you get there, it's too late to look at the the travel That's exactly right. Mark, I think what you're talking about is U.S. Department of State. That's travel.state.gov. We're going to link that up in the show notes. But yeah, absolutely. You got to find out about these advisories. There's a lot of craziness right now in Mexico. Yeah, and it's sad. I mean, it's such a beautiful country, but there's you know certain areas of of Mexico right now that are probably very unsafe for tourists to go. Sure. And you definitely don't want if you got teenage kids or kids in college, you don't want them going to the wrong place. So make sure you do your research well ahead of time. See what's going on in that area before you book a trip or allow them to go on a summer break or even spring break. You know, uh, next year. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I was going to go back to what we were talking earlier about counterfeit tickets uh, at sporting events. You know, I went to, uh, you know, I'm a Sox fan here in Chicago. I went to a Cub game and a guy approached me and wanted to know about purchasing tickets. And I says, uh, how much? He says, I'll give you $10 to take them. I thought that was odd. <laughs> that was odd. Talk about the fraud, fraud yeah, the Cubs. Uh, what the hell's I, going on with the Cubs, Mike? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I said, I'll take 20. 20, that's it. And he gave me 20. Oh, that's too funny. Hey, you know what? Thinking about going to a ball game, you know, listen, summer's not always about traveling long distances. You know, we could go to a, a, a picnic on the weekend at the park, bring the kids to the town swimming pool, uh, take a walk in the park, you know, and, and it just reminds Reminds me to one of the podcasts we did called Felony Lane Gang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's organized rings that will sit in parking lots, wait for women to get out of their cars without their purses. And then the second you're out of sight and nobody's around, they smash the windshield, they grab your purse. They have another team that goes to the bank and impersonates you at the bank drive through window. Yeah. You know, even if you're just having a day trip or spending a couple of hours, take your valuables with you in the car. Don't 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 leave your purse in there. Don't leave your wallet in there if you're a man. You know, don't leave anything visible that of value. So somebody that's walking by or lying and waiting yeah, in that parking yeah. lot sees it. You know. Yeah, Don H. I'm back on Facebook here. Don H. writes, I never use a debit card for gasoline in particular. 
uh, or most purchases for that matter, while traveling. Too many times these smaller stations have stolen people's card numbers and used them sometimes almost immediately for online purchases. I think this person, uh, I recommend using cash or credit card for purchases while traveling. I think what this person is talking about is called, obviously, what we well know, and we've talked about it many times on this show, is uh, skimming and you know credit card skimming. So they're putting these skimmers in this car. This person thinks that the gas stations themselves are doing it, not realizing the smaller gas station is no, an easy place yeah. to put a skimmer. Well, we yeah. got the expert with us, Mark. Um, <laughs> how many years uh, working skimming? Maybe over 20. You were assigned yeah. to the Secret Service Task Force. This was your career working skimming. Yeah, it was my bread and butter. So, uh, but yeah, gas pump, uh, gas pump skimming, ATM skimming, and point of sale skimming at, at the stores. Any anywhere a terminal could be used to use your card. It is still going on, uh, very heavy right now in the United States. Both gas pump and ATM. And and that reader probably just doesn't understand. They probably think it's the gas station employees that are involved. And ninety nine percent of the time, it's actually criminals coming in there in the wee hours of the morning, having a generic key opening up the pump and installing a skimmer inside of it. Yeah. So usually the gas station has nothing to do with it. But, you know, what you should be looking for, uh, ladies and gentlemen, before you gas up your car is a security seal that covers either the lock that opens up the panel to the inside of the pump mm -hmm. or a security seal over in between the door and the frame. If that seal is not there or if it's broken, even worse, if it's broken, I would not be using that gas pump to fuel up. Go to the next one or go to the next station that has an intact security seal. And we could even put a picture in the show notes of what a security seal looks like. Yeah, I think we should, Mark, because a lot of people might not know what that is. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, uh, you, you'll see it. If you go to a gas station, look for a sticker. It's probably two to three inches in length, and it protects anyone from getting inside the gas pump, and that's where most of these skimmers go. So if you see that seal broken or removed, that's a dead give, a potential giveaway that there's a skimmer inside. Hey, Mark, let me go one step further since we're on the topic about ATM skimming. I'm at an ATM. Is there anything that I should look for before I insert my card? Yeah, you should make sure you have money in there first, Mike, because usually you don't, but um, I'm just kidding. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, this can happen anywhere. So on, on the ATM, first thing what I recommend is that you inspect the machine before you use it. Uh, a lot of skimming devices, uh, they could go internally inside the ATM, but a lot of them are also attached to the card opening. So give that card... Uh, area where you stick your card in a good tug that machine is made where nothing's supposed to move or jiggle or come off in your hand so most of the skimming suspects put a, a device on there with double-sided tape so you should be able to pull on it and rip it off um, you know the other thing mike is cover your pin you know a lot of the devices they use are with micro video cameras and they actually record video of you punching in your pin so make sure you cover your hand very close to the pin pad and punch in those numbers so the fraudster doesn't get your pin number. Hey, Mark, there's another scam, right, relating when going to an ATM, and uh, it involves somebody offering assistance. I would never take any assistance from anybody at an ATM, right? Yeah, you know, like I said, that that's that's your time at the ATM machine. Nobody should be in immediate area of you. Uh, one of the scams, it's it's actually an old scam, Mike. It, it was called the Lebanese Loop and using what they call shoulder surfing. And what they would do is they stick a piece of metal into the card slot. It, you would be able to do your transaction once you put your card in, but then the card would get stuck inside the machine. And then the, this friendly uh, customer waiting next to you would say, oh, I heard if you punched in your PIN number three times that it will force the card out. So they do that, and of course the card is still stuck in there, and the customer eventually leaves. Then the fraudster, after you're gone, pulls the piece of metal that contains your card on it, and he pulls it out of the slot, and now he's able to use your PIN number that you punched in three different times for him to watch and then they could withdraw money from your card, you know? So that that's one thing to be, you know, believe it or not, that it was one of the first ways they started doing uh, ATM fraud. But now with all the new technology, there are cases of this going on, believe it or not, um, where they're doing this again. So they're going back to old techniques. 
Yeah, Mark, I, I'm going to ask you about the Lebanese loop in a future episode. Maybe we'll talk about different scams and frauds and the, the tools that were being used by these fraudsters. Uh, for now, we're running out of time. Let's jump back to Facebook and get some of these Facebook questions. Katie Humphrey uh, on Facebook writes, don't walk around. I think this is an interesting one, guys. I want you to weigh in on this. Don't walk around with your Maps app open on your phone. That's interesting. Don't walk around with your Maps app open on your phone. I don't know what that does. I don't know what you get. Check into hotels and hostels as if you're meeting someone else there. Share your location with people on Find My Friends, which is an app on the iPhone. And don't call the first number that pops up on Google when trying to call an airline. Hmm. Do you have any thoughts into that? Any insight, guys? Maybe we should get well, Katie on the phone I, and and find out why they, you know <laughs> the two that get me is don't walk around with your Maps app open on your phone. I don't know what that could do. We'll, we'll have to revisit could, that. Mike, go ahead. Could that be? No, I was just thinking, talking out loud. Could that be something like shoulder surfing, where they're looking to where you might be going to? Oh, or that's possible with the Google Map. That and I think I think it, it indicates it tells the fraudster or a criminal that you're not familiar with the area. That's yeah, so I yeah. I think what you and, and listen, I've done it in New York City all the time. I was just down there a few weeks ago. Uh, I had a doctor's visit for my son, and, and my daughter and her boyfriend were walking around uh, for a while. You know, I had to go locate them, and I'm like, you know, you don't want to be telling people you don't know the area, you don't know where you're going, because right. you know, if there's a criminal that wants to harm you or trick you. You know, they know they got a target that's not familiar uh, with the area. So, mm-hmm. All right. So I just texted Katie Humphrey. Uh, why? She says, because then people know you're not from the area, might be lost or don't know where you're going. So that's why. So uh, you know what? This is like we're going to have to have a trivia contest or a contest. That that was uh, Mark's response. Yeah. Ding, ding, just, ding, ding, yeah. Ding. Mark, you got that one. Um, All right. I'm ready for fraud jeopardy. Yeah. Fraud jeopardy. <laughs> I, like, I it. like it. That was good, Mark. You nailed that one. I'm asking the, yeah. the next question okay. is, uh, don't call the first number that pops up on Google when trying to call an airline. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't 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 give the answer yet. All right. Let me think on that one. Or right, you go first, Mark. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, fraudsters and, and companies that are maybe a little shady, they can pay in order to boost, um, you know, your website uh, to the front of the list. It can't be done every day and has to be done uh, over time. But, but what I think the point of the message she's saying here is, you know, make sure it's a trusted website. A lot of your search uh, engines will tell you that this is the trusted website for the company. You know, fraudsters are willing to spend money to make Make them, you know, come to your website first. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's my guess. Yep. Well, well if it's a phone number, um, again, I was going to go back to the shoulder surfing where they see that number and then they might know where you're going down the road. Um, I'm not sure on that one. So, Which, all right. So here we go, guys. Mark, I, I think we're going to give you the prize again. Uh, <laughs> Aritalia number. I typed in Aritalia number to Google and one popped up and I called it and they asked for my confirmation code. And then I was talking with them for like 10 minutes. They tried to change my seat and they were being really weird. And I was like, wait, this doesn't feel legit. And then they started to try to get me to pay for something. And I was like, this feels wrong. So I hung up, then looked into it more and realized it's a scam company that pops up and they try to get you to give them the credit card info and get your flight info and other stuff. So it's a whole thing. Lots of reviews online about the company. Yeah. So that, I mean, look, Sorry it, about that. follow the money. It always goes back to the same thing. They're trying to get that credit yeah. card information one way or another, no matter how they can. Yeah, I, I, was looking, I was looking at it from another perspective, like there was a scammer standing right around you and they're watching who, right, who you're right. trying to reach out to by phone. But I see what this is totally unrelated. Yeah. This is some, a number that they pull up or email or something. Yeah, well, it's easy to do, Mike. I mean, you just run an ad. You're just going to run an ad. And, you know, if it's, if it looks legit or it's going to a call center that doesn't have any reason for, you know, Google themselves to be weary of it, then that's, I mean, I think that's how they're pulling that off. Uh, All good stuff. A lot of these people on Facebook really have had some great, uh, some great tips out there. Suggestions, yeah, suggestions. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, Doug. Doug, I was, I was going to say around seven, eight years ago, sixty minutes did a whole segment about the internet, and you know, when you log on to the internet and you're searching this stuff, you know, and then all of a sudden, five minutes later, 
you're reading a news article and there's that item that you were just looking at, you know, potentially to buy, pops up in the middle of the the news uh, website, yeah, you know, and yeah. you're saying, well, how does that happen? Yep. You know, we're not alone. You're not alone when you're on the internet. That's right. There are so many companies and advertisers and everybody that sees what you're clicking on and stuff like that. So, you know, I think our point here is that, listen, you could be looking at something and a fraudster have the ability to see what you're looking at and then all of a sudden send you a pop-up or a text message, you know, um, or, you know, um, you know, diverts you to a, a fake website that they created. So, sure. I mean, you're not alone. No. Make sure when you when you're surfing, just think there's several other people on that surfboard with you. You know. Yeah. So. Hey Doug, one of the ladies too. I can't remember her name that responded just a short time ago. Too it was a great uh, prevention uh, idea when you're doing a purchase. You know, don't pay with with a debit card. Pay with credit. Yeah. Because debit, yeah. the money comes out of your account right away. Yep. You know, yeah. at least credit you could dispute That's it down right. the road. But uh, trying to get the money back on a debit card purchase, with whether it's fraudulent or you didn't order something you don't want. Mm. You've got um, some recourse. Traveling. Yeah, you know. you, there's some recourse. Yeah, got, exactly. Yeah. When exactly. they get that debit card, the, the money's gone, you're not getting it back. Yeah. Well, guys, I'll tell you what. If uh, I think we did a heck of a job, you know, with uh, just kind of just We've talking back ideas. and forth. Yeah, like, you know, we, we should just make this the episode. I'm thinking... Uh, I think we gave a ton of information out to our listeners about personal safety, safety from frauds and scams, you know, being in unfamiliar places, uh, you know, uh, so hopefully some of that information will sink in and we hope everybody has a safe and wonderful and happy summertime. Yeah. And if you're traveling, we, we wish you the best. Yeah. Mark, I like that idea. Actually, uh, I will reach out to some of these people and, uh, see if it's okay to use their name as I've done and get their permission because uh, they really offered a lot of tremendous feedback and suggestions. So uh, I would agree that I think this is um, this is one of those behind the scenes ones that look, most people don't get a chance to see, you know, kind of how we make these shows and how we go through them first before we have a subject matter expert on. And I was going to say, Mark, to your point earlier, that's one of the things about the IAFCI, you know, with Robert Villanueva, with John Bridge from Trustan, people like that, these members are fantastic individuals. Uh, and we've had the opportunity here at Modified Media to have so many uh, interactions with these people who understand that, you know, this surfboard has got a lot of people on it and they know better than most, almost anyone. Uh, that's what they do. And it's just incredible what your organization does. And uh, I just wanted to take this opportunity since I'm here and I, <laughs> I'm kind of here against my will, but I'm here nonetheless. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> but no, but just to say what what a blast it's been and to uh, to be a part of uh, and this, you know, success of this podcast and the IAFCI. It's been a blast. Mark, I like your idea. Doug, we got to look into this. Uh, kind of a Jeopardy, where it, the purpose is it provides knowledge and education to, to our listeners. But maybe we could come up with something like that. You know, top three uh, prevention methods for a certain certain type of uh, scam or fraud. Yeah. And then uh, I think and that then might be some good. It might yeah, be some I good that, training I like that. and good education. It might be fun, too, but it could be some good education to, to our listeners. Yeah, I like and that a lot. Yeah. I'll take you know. ATM skimming for a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, I got to tell you, I think you were star of the show tonight. I mean, for sure, you had uh, uh, you had your finger on the pulse. So, yeah, question: or, I got. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I was just say for you know for uh, what would be the name be uh, Protectors Jeopardy. Yeah. Eight dollars. That would be the answer. Eight dollars. <laughs> How much did Mike Carroll have in his account when he went to the ATM? <laughs> Hey guys, I usually don't get a chance to do this. It's usually you guys. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to leave with the close. And, you know, since we're here, why not? Look, I think we should use All it. Right. I think we should use it. So listen, if you want to be a guest on the show, you've got a suggestion or a topic you'd like to hear, simply send us an email to IAFCIProtectorsPodcast at gmail.com. We're going to link that email up in the show notes. Mark, where can we be found? Anywhere you listen to your podcast. I mean, uh, we're there at Apple. Mike, where else are we at? Come on. Oh, Rattle man. them off for me. Spotify, oh. Stitcher. Google. Yeah. Give the man a prize. Anywhere, yes. Google. <laughs> Anywhere you can go for to listen to podcasts. Hey, Doug, glad to have you on tonight for our podcast. Mark and I, and I'm, I'm not going to put words in Mark's mouth, but we really appreciate being part of Modified Media and for you producing the protectors uh we've been how what about a year and a half now 
Yeah, over 40 um, episodes. I, I 40. Yeah, over 40. I think, yeah, 42, I think this episode yeah, will be 44. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we were going to record this for sure because I want, on our next podcast, I wanted to bring this up. Just in the last couple of weeks, I was on an Uber from a lady whose grandma was a victim of a romance scam. Uh, my neighbor got called uh, selling an item. They offered him double. He almost took it. Took the money, you know, and then, uh, you know, he's got to send a, uh, some of the money back and the check is no good. Mm. And then at a local bartender that a work at home scam um, was sent like five grand and told to buy all these items and for her new job. And then the check came back no good. So not only with the summer frauds and scams that are out there, there's so many different scams. And my point is, that's why I, I like our podcast, The Protectors, to get the word out. We're doing our part. It's a small one, but we need to get the word out to the public about all these scams and frauds that are out there and how they're hurting just regular citizens, not only the elderly, but everybody, young students and that are getting caught up in these. And we just, you know, prevention is the key. I mean, I like to see a lot of these people that are involved in this go to jail. Don't get me wrong, but we just need to get the word out and we're doing our part. And we appreciate you uh, allowing us to work together with you with Modified Media to get the word out. And um, hopefully with today's, you know, if we're going to record this one and we're going to put it out there, hopefully we could help somebody. And like you mentioned, just being alert, know your surroundings, you know, Trust your instincts, right? If it's not, like you mentioned before, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So trust your instincts. Yeah. Also, I always say trust your eyes. Listen to your gut. You know, your eyes are telling you something. You're seeing something that doesn't seem right. Trust that. Trust those instincts. Trust your gut. Listen to those eyes and trust that gut. I say that all the time. And uh, you know, look, this this has been just a wonderful treat to think that we have all these people who responded on Facebook, right? And that we were able to help validate some of these great suggestions and tips that they've had, but also maybe educate them. You know, the one person that thinks that the small town uh, gas station is the one likely ripping them off. And it's probably not. It's probably, you know, a, a credit card skimmer. And so, and somebody doing that. So I think this is a wonderful interaction and it gives a chance for the IFCI to be out in front of people like this, everyday people that wouldn't know about the organization otherwise. So I think it's great. So Mark, you were asking me how people subscribe yeah. to the podcast. You can find us on any of the major outlets, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher, just to name a few. Whoa. Hey, I, that sounds good to me. That it sounds so, great. It sounded like uh, well rehearsed, my friend. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so, and you know what? <laughs> well, Mark, I was going to ask you. You know, somebody's got a good topic for a future podcast. I know we have a lot of uh, guests lined up for the future, but where, where would they go if somebody wanted to come on as a guest about a certain fraud or scam that's out there? They want to let our listeners know about. You could shoot us an email at ifciprotectorspodcast at gmail.com. You could also reach out to the, our international office. Uh, phone number is 916-939-5000. And you could uh, speak to one of our staff there and say, hey, I'd love to come on and talk about this topic or come on the show as a guest, talk about maybe a, a fraud that occurred to you or a cyber crime. So uh, that's how you could get a hold of us. And, and like I said, I, I can't thank our audience enough for, for tuning in and listening and supporting us and uh, we hope we're making a difference out there and protecting people from being victims of frauds and scams and Mike you know what it's time to sign off I'm Mark Solomon from Connecticut and I'm Mike Carroll in Chicago and I'm Doug Taylor in Philadelphia we'll see you in the next episode thanks for listening to today's podcast remember as you join the fight to protect our citizens you're not alone with more than 6,500 members from around the world, the men and women of the IAFCI are standing together with you. To learn more or to join the IAFCI, please visit our website at www.iafci.org. The Protectors Podcast is produced by Modified Media and is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. The hosts and guest opinions are their own and do not reflect those of management, employers, or sponsors. Listeners are encouraged to contact law enforcement if they suspect being a victim of a crime.